everybody. Welcome back. I'm Chuck. He's Jason. That's our buddy Teaser. Uh, another episode of uh, Bookends here. First, we want to wish everybody happy holidays. Hope everybody had a great Christmas and a happy and safe New Year right around the corner here. And uh, it's been fun, Jay. I mean, Christmas was fun. Uh, New Year's is, is here now. And uh, sports is in full form. I mean, football last week was tremendous. Week 16, you had five teams that could clinch. None of those five did. Uh, so it's created kind of a, a wide open week 17. But before we kind of dive into football, um, there's other sports going on. And it's been great with college basketball uh, and pro basketball. I mean, pro basketball has come roaring back. And it's uh, it's fun to have another sport on the board. Yeah, and I'll, I'll end up the you know end of 2020. <laughs> it was a, an epic year you know, for sports to see things come back after the COVID and uh, the football season that we've had and to you know address all the covid issues that we had and you know we'll see we'll see how long this rolls into 2021 but uh, happy new year everybody and then let's look look forward to moving forward in the new year and hopefully we'll get fans back in the stadiums uh, sooner or later uh, but from an nba standpoint they've come back we've been back about a week now teams have played uh, you know three to four games it's been uh, it's been really good no not a lot of covid issues uh, we've seen some incredible upsets we've seen the nets go down um, we've seen milwaukee go down we've seen milwaukee uh, beat the Miami by 50 50 plus points and Miami turn back uh, a couple days later and and, uh, be able to knock them off so uh, the NBA has been really really good a couple things to kind of look at from some tips in the NBA some of the things that we're looking at on the bookmaking side of things um, is the NBA rest rule Um, this year they instituted a national televised fine to where if a player doesn't play in a nationally televised game obviously an ESPN a TNT an ABC type game uh, they get fined for not playing in that game so players are not going to choose to to miss those games, but we're seeing already two and three games into the season where teams are putting their guys on rest and missing games. So really check those schedules. Uh, look and see, you know, back-to-back nights or, or three games in five days. Look and see which games are nationally televised games because it's uh, more likely than not that the superstars on those teams may be taking some rest. And obviously that's going to be a big uh, uh, note in the game. Obviously the Nets already this season rested Durant and Irving. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites, and Memphis went all the way to a three-point favorite the other way uh, just simply on that news so try and be ahead of that news uh, get that information out there and uh, that'll go a long way in your NBA hand- handicapping yeah I think and then you have, we have hockey right around the corner too and I think when you look at hockey every game is going to be a back to back you're going to either play like a Friday Saturday or a Friday Sunday and it's against the same team so take a look at that as well as far as travel how many teams are going to be playing like you know four to, to six back to backs in a short period of time uh, against tough opponents maybe some travel involved in there and look at goalies too I think that's a big part of it moving forward yeah hockey we actually put up uh, added all the divisions so those are all up um, there's no conference so you've got the the Stanley Cup and you've got the divisions um, we've got those first sets of games up so the games that are on uh, January 13th and 14th are up including the Knights versus the Ducks um, excited to get them back on the ice and as you said there are a lot of back-to-backs and you know if you kind of look through the, the history of hockey when teams play those back-to-backs so uh, those second those second nights um, tend to be a little bit lower scoring and uh, maybe have a little bit more but this year it'll be against the same team yeah no so no that's same the thing. big difference but yeah, I mean even right. back yeah. back to back against the same team right. home, home yeah. and home is something that we see all the time um, but this won't be home and home this will be you know home both t- games will be at home right. and then they'll flip someplace else and there's a stretch in a lot of these team schedules where they play a home series and a road series so they actually play the same team four consecutive uh, games, not consecutive nights, but four consecutive days. So that's going to make some you know, right. real interesting hockey. And like I said, um, NHL, after you play a team you know, two times in a row, you start to get that chippiness. And so games uh, being played, uh, teams that are going to be playing each other four times in a row, um, we could see some, uh, 
some extra boxing on the ice this year. You could, and you think about two points at stake for every game. You have four games like that. There's eight points at stake against an opponent in your division within, like, say, five to six days. So it's going to be interesting. You play each team in your division, I think, uh, seven or eight times. They'll definitely be a Canadian champion this year. So in the Final Four, we'll have a Canadian team as well. And they play each other ten times. So you can imagine, uh, as you said, a little bit more boxing on the ice. I'm sure we'll see that uh, across the board. But, again, before we dive into football, there's one more thing, and it's baseball. Baseball's right around the corner. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, movement, but no team more than the San Diego Padres is is active right now. They go out and they get Snell. They get you Darvish. I mean, they are in it to win it right now, and it's a shame because they're not going to have fans in the stands. It doesn't look like, at least, to start the season right now, yet they're all in, and, and they are the biggest storyline right now in Major League Baseball. Well, we talked about it at the end of last year, you know, making the big deal to get Clevenger, that that GM is just doing a great job, and he continued it now in this offseason. And he's having Tommy John, so they won't have him yeah, this Clemens, year. Yeah, Clemens will be out for the year, but I mean, to put up Snell and Darvish already into that rotation with Denilson Lament and Richards, and you know, they're they're going to be formidable. Obviously, that, that offense is fantastic. We still don't have them favored over the Dodgers. We still have the Dodgers to win the uh, the NL, but the Padres are very, very close behind them, and you got to wonder what's going on in Chicago um, with them kind of dumping uh, the guys that they're dumping there and getting a, a lot of young kids from the Padres, but really nobody that's going to make an impact this year, uh, and not anybody well, that's going to I think he'll be in yeah. the rotation, but yeah. But the other to four acquire a bunch of right. 19-year-olds, you know, right. that probably aren't going to be in the majors, you know, if they get to the majors, um, you know, three or four years from now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some interesting moves and excited to get baseball back up and running. But we'll focus on uh, college basketball and the NBA and, and make those little tweaks that we have to do in baseball. But uh, college basketball has been another, you know, big uh, source of handle and action. A lot of people playing it. Uh, been pretty good on the COVID side of things. We're seeing a cancellation here or there. But the games that are playing have been really, really good. Uh, the Big Ten action right. um, has been really, really good. Um, the Zags have, have completely dominated. We saw a team that really opened kind of 8-1 to one to win the uh, championship in Gonzaga, and, and they're down to 2-1, to one, and they look absolutely dominant. They actually, uh, this week, uh, they kind of scheduled some cookie cutters. They had uh, two <laughs> back-to-back Northern Arizona and Dixie State on back-to-back nights, which not normally you don't see that in college basketball, um, but they were 39-point favorites in both games. Right, they had. Um, you know, so they, they've just been absolutely awesome. But, uh, yeah, college basketball continues to light up the scoreboard, and we've got in play on college basketball and first and second halves and so a lot of action on the college basketball and and don't forget guys with all this going on right now what an opportune time to have the the sdn mobile app it just adds uh it brings the sports book to the palm of your hand you can play it from the comfort of your home we know everybody's kind of busy this kind of this time of year the the calendar's turning but get sdn mobile all this stuff's available and new signups up to that hundred dollar bonus is still going on yeah with the hundred dollar bonus you got to stop the procrastination you got that (laughs) you got that extra christmas money take the trip down into the book Get yourself signed up. It's a, a one-time deal. Extra once you Christmas get, money? Once you get signed up, you're set up. You know, it takes uh, you know less than seven minutes that the team member is going to get you signed up. Now you're going to have that mobile app. You have all kinds of funding options um, with Play Plus, Pay Near Me, so you don't have to come back down to the book again. You can uh, put money in, take money out um, through those applications, and it's just a, a great way to have you know sports at the touch of your fingertips. Yeah, and you've got all these bowl games that are going on early in the day. You've got some big games coming up, hockey around the corner with the Knights who might have some late start time. So it's just a great tool to have, guys. We're going to dive into football now and start with college football. I mean, there are some great bowl games, but the two that really stand out are the two playoff games. When you think about the Sugar Bowl with Ohio State and Clemson, I think maybe a little bit of bad blood already 
there. I mean, Debo left the Ohio State Buckeyes out of his top ten, uh, and he, he made a case for it. He said, you know, any team that's played only six games I don't think should be in the top ten. So definitely Bolton board material. Uh, Lawrence is 34-1 and as a starter. You might be looking at a game with the two top picks uh, in April's NFL draft and, and Justin Fields and, and, and uh, Lawrence. Uh, so it's an interesting matchup. Clemson comes into this game about a touchdown favorite, and we'll see if that Bolton board material kind of plays out for Ohio State in this game or not. Yeah, I'll start on the Clemson th- side of things. Obviously, um, no uh, arguments about them being in the college football playoffs. No, absolutely I think not. That, um, obviously, the, the Ohio State and then Notre Dame are two teams that um, people are questioning whether they're there, and the Big Ten made the exception um, to change a little but bit But I of think their they rules. are questioning Notre Dame more than Ohio State. I think the fact yeah. that Ohio State was undefeated, you well, can still make a case for them more so six than Notre and oh, I think I think part of the reason Ohio State's question mark is that Ohio, the Big Ten made the rule right. change to allow them to play in the Big Ten championship game um, and then, obviously, to go to the college football playoff. Um, you know, they were going back to going back to Clemson. Um, so they they revenged their loss to Notre Dame in, in a glorious faction, really kind of embarrassing Notre Dame um, in the ACC championship. They've been really really good since that Notre Dame loss. Not necessarily so on the offensive side of the ball. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but the defensive side of the ball they've been really really good. Only allowing 17, 10, and 10 in their last three games. Um, and that's where I think this game is going to be won or lost. This is actually the highest total on the board, 66 and a half of the remaining uh, bowl games that we have left to play. Um, but two teams that you know, can go up and down the field, but have very, very good defenses. Um, and that's what Ohio State, you know, ha- has gotten their championships on the last several years. Yes, they've, they've always been able to score, uh, but it's always been on the defensive side of the football. Um, I think Clemson, this is, a, this is a game where that defense continues to shine um, and do the things they have to do, and then you'll see Lawrence and ETN and Rodgers and the other guys be able to make the plays that they need to make. Um, some, some tidbits here, Clemson beat them 23 to our 29 to 23 in the right. Fiesta Bowl last year in the same situation in the semifinal. Um, uh, Clemson has never won a Sugar Bowl. They're 0 and 2, um, so this would be the first opportunity for them to win a Sugar Bowl. They're 4 and 0 uh, versus Ohio State um, in in bowl games, including two wins in in the college football playoffs. Um, if you're looking for something good on the Ohio State side, a reason to to like Ohio State. Um, they're 3-0 in their last uh, three Sugar Bowls, including a college football playoff uh, semifinal win over Alabama in the first-ever college football playoff. So they've got some comfortableness down there. Um, on the Ohio State side of things, obviously Fields has been really, really good. Trey Sermon comes off a 300-yard uh, rushing performance against Northwestern. Uh, but again, just that short glimpse of them only playing six games uh, and playing some of the we'll call it softer teams in the Big Ten in those six games. Um, I think one of the things you can look for if you're if you're interested in taking Ohio State in this game is to watch the uh, Northwestern-Auburn game. Um, actually, no, is that, that's after. No, they play today. Right, yeah. Um, Northwestern-Auburn game. See how Northwestern looks. Um, see how Auburn looks. It's that Big Ten SEC matchup. Um, see if Northwestern defense is uh, able to stand up. And, then and we'll Northwestern see. played really competitively with Ohio State. In that yeah, game, that's what so. I'm saying. Kind of see, <laughs> right. judge that picture right. to see where they're at. You know, the only other one from an ACC Big Ten standpoint uh, was Wake Forest-Wisconsin, and Wisconsin was able to absolutely, you know, drill Wake Forest in a bowl game. Uh, not that they did so uh, offensively. I think Wake Forest quarterback had – 
four or five interceptions in that game that let right. Wisconsin uh, kind of dominate that game. But, you know, something when you're looking at these bowl games to look at how other teams in the conference Wisconsin uh, have was prepared. down 14-0 in that game, too, yeah. and came back to win that game. And, so. it's, and it's tough. You know, we, the Florida game the other night we watched where they're just missing their players, and bowl games is about who's going into the game motivated and wants to win. But both these college playoff games, obviously both these teams want to win. So look at some of the older other bowl games just to see right. how the conference is matching up uh, comparatively. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at the Rose Bowl, too, now. And I think uh, this year it's played at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It's not going to be in Southern California uh, due to COVID issues. But you've got number one undefeated Alabama uh, against Notre Dame. And, you know, Notre Dame's had a great season. Their one loss was was to Clemson. They split that series, uh, able to beat them without Lawrence, and they lost with Lawrence. But you look at this Alabama team, and they're a team that during the regular season has averaged 50 points a game, put up almost 600 yards uh, in the conference championship game. They just click on all cylinders. And you look at Notre Dame, and I think, I know you talk about Ohio State, uh, only six games, should they be there or not? Notre Dame just got clobbered by the second team who's in. What are they going to do against the number one team in the country? And I think you look at Cincinnati and and Texas A&M, and with all the different things we've seen in all of sports this year, I think it would have been a great time for the committee to extend to maybe eight teams this year and give some of those other teams a shot. Give an Oklahoma, give a Cincinnati, a Texas A&M a chance to compete and see how it all plays out. I think it would have added a lot more luster to the bowl games. It would have made it a lot more interesting, and you would have given some of these teams a chance. And maybe you can make a case then for Ohio State. Okay, you're one of the eight. But I think... I think with Notre Dame, I really felt I thought Texas A&M should have got a shot uh, to play in this game. Um, you know, they're going to try to say, "Hey, we're Notre Dame. We've got a tough defense. Uh, we've got a good quarterback in book." But I mean, you look at what they're against in Devonta Smith and Mac Jones and that offense. Uh, and Bama's almost a three-touchdown favorite in a playoff game. It almost looks like it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, if you if you let the the line makers and the bookmakers make the game. Obviously, probably Notre Dame wouldn't be there, obviously, being a 20-point underdog. Um, interesting that the total is 66 in this game when you talk about Alabama continuing to put up as many points as they have been. Um, can that Notre Dame defense, which saw Clemson kind of do whatever they wanted to do, uh, will Alabama be able to do the same, especially with Devonta Smith, who just won the player of the year and is a favorite to win the Heisman, trust right. me, and Mac Jones. They've just been clicking, and, and Harris in the running game. Um, you know, I go back to... Notre Dame getting in is the four. Clemson or Texas A&M is the five. Texas A&M lost to Alabama by thirty in week, somewhere week somewhere one. in the thirty yeah, range. Yeah, you know, again, yeah, again, right. but it was a blowout. And right. and you make the argument for adding eight teams. And I think that again, making that argument to add to eight teams or go to eight teams is great because it makes everyone feel better that they got in the playoff. It's the same argument of why we went from 64 teams to 68 teams in the college basketball playoff, is to try and get those other teams that are on the bubble. But do they really have a chance? I I personally, to add a a, a 6, 7, an 8 to go up against the Alabamas and Clemson in the world is just adding a adding a 28-30 point blowout for, you know, us to watch and to make some team feel better but, that they can say that they but got. But with that said, I don't totally disagree with when you look at it that way. With that said, it probably just should be Alabama against Clemson. Why have the other two games? I mean, you see so many times that it kind of plays out that way for the most well, part. I know that then that, you end up with a, an undefeated Ohio State team that wouldn't have gotten But with in. six games. But so, I mean, you right. talk you talk about a, a Cincinnati. You know, you brought up Cincinnati. Um, undefeated, yet they're, they're still a seven-point underdog to right. Georgia right. In, in their bowl game. And so that's their opportunity to go play that, uh, play that bowl Georgia's game. And Georgia's a very good team. They, had a really, they play in a tough conference. They're a team nobody wanted to play toward the end of the season, and I don't think anybody wants to face in a bowl game. But you're right, they're a seven-point underdog Yeah, and we'll see what, what A&M does in their bowl game and, and see if they 
you know, choose to come to play and kind of say, hey, we should have been there, or if they kind of, uh, you know, take it easy and are just upset that they didn't make the playoff. But uh, these college bowl games have been absolutely fantastic, uh, scoring up and down. Uh, we've seen a lot of trends in the totals coming down um, from where they right. opened. Uh, but, again, some high-scoring games uh, that have been continuing to c- continue to get played. All right, we're going to jump in the pros now. I think we can talk about Cincy. And, week and 17. Week 17. There's a lot of intriguing stuff. Uh, teams that have to win, teams that need some help, uh, teams that are we're a little surprised are still in it, like maybe Chicago right now. Uh, but let's look. Let's jump in the NFC first. And, and, you know, week 17, if everyone remembers, it's all interdivision games. So it's kind of interesting because teams can kind of play that spoiler role who maybe aren't in it. But uh, Seattle and San Francisco, these two teams played earlier in the season. Seattle won 37-27. We know how good they are. They still have an outside chance at possibly being the number one seed um, in the NFC. That offense is good. San Francisco's had a bevy of injuries this year. Looks like no Samuel, no Ayuk, uh, no Williams on the offensive line. Have so many injuries on both sides, but they've been competitive. I love what Shanahan said. Hey, the game on the schedule. We've got a, a, a level that we want to play to, and we expect to play to that level every week. Uh, they're dogs in this game, almost a touchdown underdog, but they can play the role of spoiler. And this game's in Arizona, not San Francisco, although yeah. the home team. And this game crept up. Seattle was originally opened like four and a half. It's up to six. Um, they they won the first match up 37 to 27. It wasn't even that close. This game was um, 27 to 7. Going into the uh, going into the fourth quarter, the Niners were able to put up 20 in the fourth, and Seattle 10 in the fourth to, to kind of make that game look like it was a little bit more competitive. But Seattle was really blowing them out. Um, it was a game that Garoppolo um, got hurt in. That we saw Mullins come into the game. Um, Seattle has been very very good on the defensive side of the football the last several games. Uh, we call it three or four games. Much better than they than he had been. Um, I think once Adams came back, yeah. I think that really helped solidify the back end of that defense. And he's more like a linebacker. I mean, you look at the number of sacks he has. He's their leader in sacks, and he's a safety. Yeah, they've been much much better. Um, and and I think part of that too was also Chris Carson coming back and giving Russell Wilson a little bit more of that running game to go to. And it wasn't Russell Wilson. I have to do it all um, in this matchup against the Niners last time. It was him, uh, it was Wilson to Metcalf show. Uh, Metcalf had 12 catches for 161 yards and two TDs. The Niners just weren't able to stop him. Um, that was essentially, you know, the makeup right. of the game. Um, the Niners here have, you said it, Shanahan has said this team has come to play. Um, they won last week in Arizona. Interestingly enough, they won last week in Arizona as the road team, um, and there are two home games that they played down there. They lost, and now they're going back down there as as the home team. So the Niners are hoping to call their Arizona home and hopefully finish out on a 2-2 two and two note. Uh, but Shanahan, you saw it last week. They played a competitive game against Arizona. They came to play. Um, Kittle... That defense was fired up. They Kittle was really in there with, with Bethard. You know, now their third-string quarterback. Uh, Jeff Wilson ran uh, You know, for, for a great game. Um, and I don't think there's quit in this San Francisco team. I think Shanahan's, you know, Despite the fact that they're out of the playoffs, he's got them pointed forward, continuing to play hard. Um, but like you said, the tools, just enough tools in the shed. They continue to watch guys drop in and out of the lineup. Um, this is a needed game for Seattle. And I, when I say needed, you know, uh, Green Bay, the Saints, and Seattle are all in that spot of fighting for potentially the number one seed. Um, you know, if Seattle thinks that uh, Green Bay will lose to the Bears, uh, then they can get the number one seed, and, and the Saints have a chance to get the number one seed. So Seattle is going to p- probably come to play in this 
game and come to um, come to win. Um, and it's an inter you know divisional matchup, like you said at the at the front, which you know lends to this. Hey, we lost the first game, we want to come back and win the second game and and spoil Seattle's uh, right. chance for a number one. And um, so what I think San Francisco is going to come. San Francisco to going into the off season with yep. a win against Seattle here. Yeah, it's an intriguing matchup for for those two teams. I'm going to jump to the AFC now, and it's um, uh, Bills and Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins win and they're in. Probably one of the most surprising teams in football. Uh, They've got, uh, you know, they're one of the few football teams that can go to a relief pitcher or a relief quarterback <laughs> if their starter is struggling a little bit. Um, but you look at Buffalo. I mean, I think Buffalo is one of those teams that can get there from the AFC. I know it's all about Kansas City, but you look at Josh Allen, you look at Diggs. They've gotten healthier on defense with Milano coming back. Um, Buffalo is just scary good. And I think the big key for Buffalo is is they're a small favorite, but they may actually be a bigger favorite in the first half than they are in the game because they can do some scoreboard watching. We know what the Steelers have said, we're, we're not playing Big Ben. We're resting all of our guys. We're happy to be the number three seed. So if that's the case, if Buffalo gets out to that early lead or they see Pittsburgh falling behind by a lot of points to the Browns, they can pretty much rest their guys. So I think that first half line, watch that first half line. I think it's going to be bigger than the game line. Um, Miami needs to win, though to get in, um, depending on what happens with some of the other games. But interesting tidbits here. Miami is 9-2 straight up and against the number their last 11 games, and they're 9-2 towards the over their last 11 games. So there's a couple of interesting facts there, although they've given up the least amount of points of all the teams that are in the playoffs. So it's a big game for uh, kind of both these two teams. I mean, for Buffalo to finish in that number two spot, it's kind of good for that young team, but a much bigger game for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, on the Miami side of things, they really struggled in, in Las Vegas last week. They were lucky to sneak out of here um, with a win. Uh, but again, they continue to win. and The win best no-look pass in the history <laughs> of the NFL. Uh, <laughs> you know, they have a chance to get to the playoffs, and I think you said it uh, for the Bills here. It's about who plays and how long they play. Um, they're in the number two seed sitting with the um, Steelers as the number three seed. If they were to lose, the Steelers could jump over the top of them. However, the Steelers have come out and said that they're not playing their guys. Um, so Buffalo could kind of watch the scoreboard, and if Cleveland is uh, beating um, Pittsburgh, Buffalo could probably rest their guys in the second half. Um, I know that they want to get Stefan Diggs, who's had an incredible season, to be the reception leader and the yardage leader, both of what he's leading right now. So I fully expect Allen um, and Diggs to play in that first half, try and look for each other in right. the first half, kind of the same way that they did last week against New England. Um, and then we'll see what happens at halftime if those guys come out for the second half. And then that would give kind of open the door back for Miami to steal this game and uh, get um, two AFC East teams into the playoffs. But uh, you're dead right on the Bills uh, being a scary team in the playoff. You know, kind of watch this team over the last couple of weeks and they continue to grow and grow and grow and watch Singletary and Moss and on that defensive side of things they have some stoppers um, with White on the back end to be able to lock up those right. guys. Milano's I, healthy now. I yeah. think that uh, you know the Chiefs they've, they've just kind of been they've been winning their games but limping along and and you see the the Ravens and the Bills in that rearview mirror playing really really good over the last couple of weeks it could make things uh, interesting in the AFC but uh, definitely the Bills are a team that everybody's looking at I know Aaron Rodgers is having a phenomenal year and he's probably odds on favorite to win the MVP but I think now you can make a case that Josh Allen's right up there with him I mean you look at the season that he's had and and the way that he's matured I mean he was the bottom as far as uh, percentage wise for two straight years now he's you know he's in the top uh, five. He, he just has turned his game around. He's big. He's strong. He can run the ball. He finds digs. He finds those guys. And the Bills Mafia loves him. 
I mean, they, they really, the fan base has embraced this kid. I think they're a scary good team. They're even going to have 6,700 fans um, at this game. So I think it's kind of interesting, too, that they'll be able to have uh, some fans at this game. I know we, we talked a little bit about the um, uh, NFC West, and you're going to keep with that uh, kind of theme and talk about the Rams and Cardinals. and. This is a big game for both those two, these two teams. Um, the last three meetings that these two, these teams have played, the Rams have scored at least 31 points and won all three. But in this matchup, no Akers, no Henderson, no Goff, no Cooper Cup. So, but yeah, McVay is going to have to pull some magic out of his hat. Um, he's actually seven and zero since he's taken over as the Rams head coach against the Cardinals, the team that the Rams have absolutely dominated. Uh, they did it earlier this year um, as well, and it, and really Goff had been amazing versus them. Um, we're going to see John Wolford uh, take over for the Rams. Um, um, we're probably going to have to see uh, Malcolm Brown um, lead them in the backfield, as you said. Henderson is out. Cup's going to be out. So Anchors is out. They're, yeah. they're going to have to do a magic trick here on the offensive side of the football to, to be able to put up some points. They had a really disappointing week um, coming off uh, losing to Seattle 20-9, um, to nine, and the Cardinals were equally as disappointing, losing 20-12 to 12 last week well, Don't to the forget Niners. they lost to the Jets the week before as well. So the Rams, a team that three or four weeks ago we were talking about shoeing to make the playoffs, back-to-back losses, have all the injuries now, and if they lose and Chicago wins, the Rams don't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing, and, and, and from a standpoint of a bookmaking and handicapping and having the NFL playoffs be the NFL playoffs. Do you even want the Rams to find a way to make the playoffs if right. they're going to have to go into it with with not enough healthy bodies? But um, you know, from the standpoint of understanding the the playoff implications of this game, if the Rams win, um, they're in. If the Cardinals win, they're in. Um, then it goes down to that Bears Packers game. If Chicago wins, they're in. If Chicago wins against Packers, they're in. If Chicago loses, and the Cardinals win. The Rams can backdoor and still sneak their way into right. the playoffs. So, despite the fact that they're not going to have on the flip their side, guys, though, if if the Rams win and the Bears and the lose, Bears lose, the Bears can backdoor their way the, in because the of tiebreakers be against the Cardinals. Yeah, so it right. becomes a, a much bigger game. Obviously, the Cardinals and the Cardinals have gone to a three point favorite. Um, we were a little bit worried um, that Kyler Murray was potentially not going to play in this game after he suffered kind of that leg whip at the end of last week's game, but he uh, practiced and, and is expected to play. So that's why you're seeing that line um, go to the Cardinals to favorite. But like I said, the, the Rams have dominated this series. They still have that championship defense, but on the offensive side of the football, they've been really struggling. And, you know, Goff, this isn't some something new over the last several weeks that um, he had been bad. Um, he, he dominated the, the Cardinals, but he hadn't been good for, for several not. weeks. And, um, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for this Ram team that, uh, you know, he he breaks his thumb and, and we're going to see somebody. I, I think that uh, Wolford hasn't taken a professional he has not, yeah. for like two years right. like with the Arizona Right. Hot shots uh, in in the Alliance Football League was the last time you had like a live game action. So um, you know maybe something to look for uh, Cardinals in the first half as this guy uh, gets the game speed under under him. Uh, but McVay is a is a a magician and a wizard when he puts game plans together, and uh, we'll see what uh, you know what the Rams come up with. But uh, it, it could be interesting, a uh, good fun game to watch. Probably um, potentially leaning a little bit to the under, uh, watching uh, the Cardinals try and run the ball, not make mistakes, uh, not let the Rams turn them over, and just be conservative and try and play with their defense to not allow the Rams to do anything. Well, McVay was uh, he was yelling at Goff a couple of times coming off the field before the injury, so it's obvious he hasn't been happy with his play of late, and that loss to the Jets really. 
could be a, a catastrophic loss to them if they end up not making the playoffs. But but they can do some scoreboard watching as well. I mean, if Green Bay is up by you know double digits or you know a huge score early in the game against the Bears, I mean the, the Rams kind of know then they can lose the game and they're still going to backdoor and they have an extra week to get some of those guys healthy. Um, I'm going to jump over to the um, AFC West, and I know it's a meaningless game, but I have to talk about our Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. It's it's a Raider team that found a way to lose uh, that game against um, uh, the Dolphins. They've, they found a lot of ways to lose of late. Um, they're on a, they've lost five of their last six games. If they would have lost to the Jets, not for that miracle Hail Mary to Ruggs, um, they would have lost six straight. Uh, it's a team that over the second half of the season, three straight years now, they've really faltered. How would you like to have the um, uh, the Raiders, their win total at seven and a half and have the over? They were seven and five. They were five and one. And you're sitting now sweating week 17 to see them get yeah, to. They, uh, they were favored to make the playoffs. Yeah, they, they were so time. good. Uh, you know, they did beat Denver earlier in the season here in Vegas, 37 to 12. Um, they've really struggled, though, playing in Colorado. They've lost four straight years. I think it's uh, Raiders that want to kind of build on last year. They won seven games. If they could at least go eight and eight, although you don't make the postseason, I think it's, it's, a, it's a mild victory for them to finish this off. Still some rumblings about Carr. Um, I think he's had a pretty good season. Uh, you've got Waller. You've got Jacobs. But that defense needs to be addressed in the offseason. I know we kind of differ a little bit. I like the Raiders a little bit in this game. I know you, you like Denver, and it has been a really tough place for them to play. Uh, Drew Locke turns the ball over a lot. We'll see if the Raiders' defense can step up week 17, but the Raiders are a small favorite here, and I'm guessing Gruden really wants to finish this year with a victory uh, after a team that was 5-1 and one, and, as we talked about, looked like a shoe-in to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and my just looking at this game, you know, you have one team in the Raiders that had those playoff aspirations and kind of got uh, dashed last right. week and, and, and eliminated from the playoffs, and Denver's been eliminated from the playoffs for quite some time. Um, getting that home game. Drew Locke still trying to solidify himself as the quarterback of the Denver Broncos so that they don't go pick somebody. you got a lot of guys fighting for, for spots there in Denver. Um, if you go back and watch the game last week, the Denver lost to the Chargers. They lost uh, 16-13 last week to the Chargers in L.A. Um, was a game the Broncos probably should have won by two touchdowns. Um, they completely uh, dominated the Chargers, and uh, Jerry Judy, um, who had, I think, 16 targets in the game, uh, dropped about six of them, and I think... Th- Three of them would have gone for for first downs and a and a late uh, game. The late one would have put them in field goal range. Yeah, would have put them in field and and they had some missed field goals. But Denver was the better team in that game uh, against uh, against LA. And now getting back home and, and again a, a good team that's not pouting. They've been out of the playoffs for quite some time. Continue to play hard. Uh, I just I just think this is a bad spot potentially for the Raiders and the fact that you know they were motivated and that now now and, now they're kind of right. lost their luster and they haven't played well there. I mean yeah. again four straight losses. So we'll see how they get up for that game. But they're a small favorite. Not not a whole lot of line movement in that game. Um, the last two we're going to finish with uh, number one is the uh, the Sunday night game, the flex game between the. Uh, Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's in Philly. Washington's a small favorite. If Washington wins that game, they're in. If they lose that game, the winner of the afternoon game between the Giants and Cowboys is in. Doesn't matter who it is. They're not going to have a winning record. Um, But, hey, you have a chance to make the playoffs. You don't know if Alex Smith is going to play. You don't know if Terry McLaren's going to play. You don't know if Antonio Gibson's going to play. You're going up against a young Eagle team with Jalen Hurts, his fourth straight start that has kind of turned the corner a little bit, has gotten a little bit healthier with Deshaun Jackson and, and Goddard and Zach Ertz. But, hey, Washington can make the playoffs and win the East 
with a 7-9 and nine record if they can win on Sunday night against the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. Yeah, flex the Sunday night because it really doesn't affect anything else that happens you know, earlier in the day. Obviously, the Giants and Dallas, whoever wins that game is going to be they're actually, really— They're in the driver's seat at that point yeah. waiting, and, and they're Eagle fans. Hope that the Eagles can knock them off. Um, the, this game, Washington is a, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's been as high as two-and-a-half and come back down after um, Alex Smith and McLaren and Gibson didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see as the week goes on um, where those guys get to. But obviously, uh, Washington um, it needs Alex Smith to, to, to play in this game after releasing Haskins last week. Um, if you had a chance to watch the the Redskins, the Washington football team played, do it. <laughs> play Carolina last yeah. week. Again, I talked about Denver being a better team um, than the than the Chargers last week. Um, Washington was a was a better football team than the Carolina Panthers last week, and um, Dwayne Haskins almost single handedly uh, lost that game uh, for the Washington football team. I mean, his turnovers were, turnovers were awful. Um, he missed a lot of uh, wide open receivers in the game. Uh, they were able to bring Henneke in late in the game, and he was actually able to move the ball, uh, get a kid out of Old Dominion that hadn't had any playing time with no McLaren and stuff like that um, so they, they were able to to move the ball just showing how ineffective that that Haskins was and then that you know that led to his release on top of you know the whole nightclub a lot and, of and, and then off the, the field poor, stuff too that performance that, and, right. and you know uh, but but he was he was really really bad and he had beaten this Eagle team in week one Haskins was the quarterback in week one when the when the Redskins beat them 27 to 17 um, in that game Wentz was intercepted twice and the Eagles were sacked eight times. Um, so Washington absolutely dominated them on the defensive side of the football. Um, we'll see if Hurts can turn things around as well as he played and they won that home game against the Saints. Um, that defense was just equally bad on their trip to uh, to Arizona um, as the Cardinals were able to kind of move the ball on them at will. Um, we'll see if Logan Thomas um, can kind of do the same thing in the secondary. But you, you said it. The key to this game is Alex Smith, McLaren, and right. Gibson yep. back. McKissick has still been a big part of them out of the backfield. But um, something crazy always in Philadelphia. You know, um, We'll see if they, Peterson, can get these kids up to play, you know, a home game. The last time they were there was Hurts' first start, and they were not able to knock off the Saints. So if this uh, team is motivated, we can see Sanders and Hurts doing well on offense. But I think the really big thing is on, on the defensive side of the football, can they stop Washington if Washington has all the pieces of the puzzle back? But even with those pieces, it's not like a, an offensive powerhouse. They're a team that kind of grinds it out a little bit. So I think it'll but be But they're not, they're not going to turn the ball over. They're right, not going to make Alex mistakes. Smith, right. They're, they're going to let that defense dominate. And Chase Young, at, I promise you, Chase Young at some point in time in this game is going to get a sack on Hurts, get a fumble on Hurts, bat a ball up in the air, do something special on defense. And that's what Washington uh, has been able to stay in these games week after week after week um, with doing, doing it on the defensive side of the football. You have to wonder, too, there's been some rumblings that, you know, would they make a coaching change in the offseason? The Eagles could be Doug Peterson's last game there. I don't think they will but there's been some rumblings. But I think the bigger question is Carson Wentz. He's got that big contract, four-year deal. I think it's $158 million. That doesn't kick in until next year. Um, is this his last game if they lose? Or regardless, they're out. But is this his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle? Yeah, and, and they don't have anything to play for. So, I mean, they're only playing right. to ruin Washington's ruin Washington, right. season. Yep. So, yeah, and they're, they're, they are a veteran team. Uh, they, they are banged up. They've had a significant number of injuries on, on the Eagles. So they do have potential to potentially rest some guys um, and and not play in this game. And if you see that, you'll see that that line on Washington. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to want to go out and try to win this game, but we'll see. They're, they're a small favorite now, Washington. We'll see. I think if Alex Smith's announced that he is going to play, you're going to see this number tick up a little bit yeah. more. Uh, I'm going to finish with, hey, 
the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, one of the biggest rivalries in, in all of football. We know the great season the Packers have had. They win this game. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be the MVP. We saw them just dominate Tennessee last week on primetime. And it's a Bear team that started so good, then went on that long losing streak. Now has won a few games in a row, and they sit at 8-7. and seven. They have an opportunity uh, to get into the playoffs for the th- a second time in three years. Mitchell Trubisky has kind of turned it around a little bit. You have to wonder, do they end up giving him a short-term deal? Does he stay there? Did the Bears do enough to to save Nagy and Ryan Pace, uh, their GM? But it's a huge rivalry game. I mean, uh, uh, the Bears are probably going to be doing a little bit of scoreboard watching themselves, but I think they want to win this game. Uh, They're at home. They're almost a touchdown dog, not quite. Um, but, hey, it's a big game, and it's a big rivalry between these two teams. Yeah, we actually opened the Packers 6, and it's been bet down to 5.5. Um, there are some 5s out there, so there are some bear backers out there that uh, feels like they're, they're going to be able to stay in this game. They got it was I think it was Drabisky's first game back. Yeah, they lost 40-25. to 41-25, yeah. And, and really it was a it was a, a late comeback by the right. Bears to try to get in that game. They were getting beat up even even more than that. And, um Again, they're they're going to have to find a way to stop Devontae Adams. I mean, it's uh, you know you watch the the Packers play in the heavy snow on the ground, and um, the Titans just didn't have anything to to match up with him. And then you introduced um, AJ Dillon right. to the mix to go along w- with Jones, and so he's got all the weapons. And I think that that's why right. the Packers are. You had a good stat though about the Bears' offense, about the. It was like is it 30, 30 points in four straight games? Yeah, you talked about. Well, now 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 it's four. About, it's four games. Four but games. I think over the last decade, uh, the Bears hadn't scored more than thirty points. Um, it, I think three times in two thousand seventeen, right. they they had scored more than thirty points, and so they've scored more thirty point games this year than they have in the last decade uh, in, in any single year. So um, they've done something. They found something on offense. You know, it's the running game since week ten. Um, uh, David Montgomery is second only to Derrick Henry in rushing yards. So for whatever reason, he was averaging, I think, 3.6 yards a carry uh, through Week 10. After Week 10, he's averaging almost 5 yards a carry. So that's a huge difference. If you can run the ball, it takes a lot of pressure off a young quarterback like Jervis. And and I think that's the key to the Bears staying in this game. They have to run the ball, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, um, Hicks on defense, being able to stop that running game. Don't allow Jones uh, or Dylan um, to get the running game going, and you got to find a way to stop. I mean, to me, you you put somebody in Devontae Adams' face and you have somebody over the top, and if you beat me with MVS or Lazard or Tanyan, whatever, who, somebody else right. uh, catch the ball other than Devontae Adams. And I, I ask the same question myself when you play the Bills. You know, just... Guard digs, put somebody over the top of digs, and see if Allen can beat you somewhere else. But these these superstar receivers, you just watch them have incredible games. But, uh, yeah, the Bears are going to have to find a way to stop Adams. Um, and this is a game that you talked about scoreboard watching. There's a lot of interest all over the league in this game as, uh, from a Green Bay could of, be too, but, yeah. You know, not Seattle as, and right. New Orleans and, and, and the Rams. Orleans, and on the AFC side of things, uh, you know, it's going to be real interesting. You know, we still have uh, teams fighting for spots and the Colts on the outside looking in of watching that Ravens game and, and the Dolphins game and other stuff. So this Week 17 always is a super interesting week, and uh, it's a lot of fun that all the games are on Sunday. Um, so we don't have any Thursday or Saturday or Monday. Games, games on Sunday, yeah, too. I think it's seven 10 o'clock games, eight 125 awesome. games, and then the 520 games. So, Sunday, uh, you know, strap your seatbelt into the couch um, and get ready to watch, uh, you know, football all day long. You know, real quick on the Bear game, though, for me, 
I'm more worried about their defense right now than their offense. Defensively, I think they've looked soft of late. They haven't been that same dominant team. And you remember when these two teams played the first time, they had held Green Bay to the third and long that first series, only rushed three guys, let Rodgers sit back there and just scan the, uh, you know, the, the defensive secondary forever. And he threw to Devontae Adams for a touchdown pass. And the, really the game was over at that point. So we'll see defensively if they can step up. And week 17, what's interesting is if you would rewind four weeks, we'd think there's no chance that the Colts and the Rams could possibly not be in the postseason. There's a real chance that both those two teams don't make it to the postseason. And in both cases, if healthy, they were teams that could have maybe gotten to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, yeah, it was an epic collapse by the Colts last week, a 24 to seven lead against the Steelers and who had really been Steelers had really been struggling and uh, kind of found uh, their groove late in that game. And uh, now we'll take some time off. You know, the Steelers aren't going to play their guys. Um, looking to kind of get themselves healthy for the playoffs. Well, what's interesting for the Colts is that they're double-digit favorites. The Ravens are double-digit favorites. The Browns are almost double-digit favorites. The only small number is the Dolphin game. But if the Dolphins do happen to win that game against Buffalo, you have to kind of figure with Pittsburgh resting their guys, although some COVID issues for Cleveland, that Cleveland wins that game. And the Ravens are double-digit favorites. It might not matter how many points that the Colts beat the Jags by. They could be on the outside looking in. You have to wonder if they move on from Phillip Rivers, too. There's been some rumblings that maybe a possible destination for Carson Wentz is the Indianapolis Colts. But it's going to be interesting in the offseason for sure. Well, let's get through Week 17 <laughs> and some playoffs before we start looking to next year. All right, guys. Don't forget, you know, Happy New Year to everybody. Be safe. Stay healthy. Uh, you know, have some fun. But, of course, control it the best you can. We know times are a little bit different right now. Don't forget about the STN mobile app. We'll get you signed up in a really short period of time. It's fun. It brings the sports book to the palm of your hand, both the race and sports side. We still have that $100 uh, sign-up bonus going on for new customers right now. Happy New Year. Thanks, guys.